Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I discuss geocaching and my adventures with it. Hi everybody, Amy here, Shadow Dragon One, and on this episode's topic I've got to talk about DT ratings. Now you may be familiar with DT ratings, but if not, we're gonna go over them, so no worries. So all caches have a DT rating. DT stands for difficulty and terrain. Both of them range from 1 to 5 and they increase in increments of half. So they range from 1, 1.5, 2, 2.5, etc. all the way up to 5. A 1-1 rating would be your easiest. The 5-5 rating would be your most difficult or another way to look at it is your most adventurous type caches. But what do these numbers actually mean? So from geocaching.com, a 1 rating for difficulty easy to find or solve within a few minutes. Terrain, the hike is less than 0.5 miles or 0.8 kilometers and wheelchair accessible attribute required. That means there is a wheelchair accessible attribute that if it is wheelchair accessible, you need to mark that attribute on your cache when you hide it and that the terrain is mostly paved or flat. 1.5 difficulty means easy to find or solve within 10 to 15 minutes. Terrain means the hike is less than 0.5 miles or 0.8 kilometers, most likely flat but may not be wheelchair accessible. A 2 rating for difficulty means relatively easy to find or solve within 30 minutes. And for terrain, this means the hike is less than 2 miles or 3 kilometers along well-defined paths with no significant elevation change or overgrowth. Uh, that means not a lot of bushwhacking required. A 2.5 rating for difficulty means a mild challenge, but relatively easy for an experienced geocacher. Uh, terrain rating means may have small elevation changes or moderate overgrowth. Difficulty 3 rating means a somewhat challenging puzzle or hiding spot. Terrain rating means the hike may be more than 2 miles or 3 kilometers on varied terrain, too difficult to ride a bike due to elevation changes or significant overgrowth. 3.5 difficulty means quite difficult, be prepared for a mental challenge. Terrain level means quite strenuous, extended hike or widely variable terrain. The number 4 rating for difficulty means very difficult and may take some knowledge, advanced preparation or multiple trips. And terrain means very strenuous movement that may include significant distance, overgrowth, swimming, or elevation changes. A 4.5 difficulty means extremely difficult, most likely requires special knowledge or skills. Terrain rating means extremely demanding movement over potentially hazardous terrain. And a 5 difficulty rating means the most extreme mental challenge requires specialized knowledge, skilled tools, or significant effort to find, solve, or open. And terrain means requires specialized equipment such as scuba gear, a boat, rock climbing gear, or similar. I will have this information in the show notes on the website if you want to check it out for yourselves. Now I've had a couple of four difficulty rating caches and I've had one four terrain rating cache. I have not had any five ratings yet or definitely not a five five yet either, but we shall see what the future will bring on those. I hope to get some of those more adventurous caches in the future. So let's talk about the fizzy grid challenge. I bet you didn't know. Well, maybe you did know. There is a challenge that revolves around filling out your DT grid and that is called the fizzy grid challenge. 
Now looking on geocaching.phantom.com slash wiki, um, that tells us that the Fizzygrid Challenge was created by, I'm going to try to pronounce this right, Keele, K-E-A-L-I-A, to honor the contributions of Cacher Fizzy Magic. Complete the challenge by filling in at least one of all the possible DT combinations. Now, there are 81 total combinations. How do you know what you have filled out? Well, if you go to geocaching.com and under your profile, you can check your stats and there is a grid under there that will show you all the combinations that you have found. Under the grid, there's a button at the bottom that says fill out. You click that button and it will pull up geocaches in your area that can help you fill in your fizzy grid. Now this will pull up caches for all the blanks that you have in your fizzy grid. Now if you want to search for a specific combo, if you're a premium member you can search by using the filters and search for specific DT combos or you can go to the stats page and on that fizzy grid if you click any of the zeros that you have in that grid it will automatically pull up caches near you that are specifically that DT rating combo. I have some images of the fizzy grid and search buttons in the show notes on the website if you want to check those out. So why do cachers like to fill out the fizzy grid? Some do it just for the personal challenge. They like setting a personal goal to hit at least one of every DT combo. But there are also challenge caches out there that require you to complete the fizzy grid. There are even challenge caches out there that require you to complete a double fizzy grid, which is completing the grid twice and having at least two finds for all 81 combinations. So those are some reasons why cachers may decide to do the fizzy grid. So if you do complete the fizzy grid and you want to celebrate, there's a couple things you can do. Obviously you can have your own little party or whatever you want to do there, but if you go to geocaching.com, there's some different merch that you can buy there. There is actually a sew on patch for the fizzy grid challenge. There is a hat or lapel pin for the fizzy grid challenge. And there's also a geocoin with trackable tag for fizzy grid challenge. And I will have links to those in the show notes. If you want to check those out, the geocoin and the tag, I think are pretty cool. If I ever do complete the fizzy grid, I may just have to get those for myself. So before we get to the cash highlight, I have a listener right in that I want to share with you. And this is from Mark of Johnson and Mark of Johnson wrote, got my first to find this morning. I've learned that there are cashers with high find counts in each city who race for first to finds when something new pops up. It's been fun caching behind them. I'm still a bit rough at finding, so even if I did get somewhere early, I often didn't find it. And the first to find who beat me will kindly give me an extra clue. Thank you, Mark of Johnson, for sharing that with us. I too have been in that similar situation where I have had the opportunity to try to get to a cache within 45 minutes or so after it's popped up and I've gotten there and there's other people hanging out. The other first to find hounds have already gotten there and found it and 
they're just kind of hanging out chatting and I get there and I have been completely clueless as to what I've actually been doing or where I'm looking and they've always been kind enough to help me out and point me in the right direction and give me some hints. It's been my experience that geocachers are pretty much a friendly bunch and we want each other to help find the caches and have a good time and I hope this has been your experience too whenever you found some other geocachers out there as well. A big thanks to Mark of Johnson for sharing that first to find story with us and for writing in and congratulations on that first to find. The very first first to find I think is the absolute best. I don't really know. I've only had one first to find but I was super excited when I did get it. So I hope you were just as excited when you got yours. Congratulations on that one, Mark of Johnson. Warning, this part of the show contains spoilers for the cache that is about to be discussed. The cache was called Brainy, cache ID GC7DE6Z, difficulty rating 3, terrain rating 4. The description read, The geocache will amaze you at all the hard work spent into it. Please open it with care and don't remove or destroy it. Here is the puzzle. There was a link to a website for this puzzle. The geocache is hidden at Rivers Edge Park. As you walk down the trail about a quarter to two-fifths of a mile, you will encounter various types of bugs, wildlife, and especially mosquitoes. There are tons of mosquitoes in the park. Make sure you take a nice hot bath in bug spray before you adventure out here. When you get to the end of the trail, past the geocache, and turn right, you will see that the flood damage moved the nice outhouse to the edge of the hill. Once walking a little bit, which isn't that hard of a walk, you will bushwhack off the trail. You can figure it out from there. The puzzle is to solve to get the real coordinates to the final geocache. Please thank my next door neighbor, Gerald, and myself for helping work on this geocache. You will be surprised. No hint was provided. So the link for the puzzle led you to an online jigsaw puzzle. It was a multi-tone background of different reds and oranges that had the cache coordinates written on it and what looked like a Sharpie. You had to drag all the pieces into place to get the correct coordinates and solve the puzzle. So I solved the puzzle. I actually had a lot of fun doing this as I like jigsaw puzzles. But I wasn't able to go out that day to find it, so it was actually a couple months later before I got to go out to it. This one had a tree climbing attribute on it, and since I didn't really know what that was going to entail, I didn't want to go out and do it alone. There were some kid-friendly caches nearby, so I waited for a time when I could get my son and my husband to go out with me, and we hit three kid-friendly caches first. And then we went over to Brainy. The walk from the parking lot to the cache wasn't too bad. It was about a quarter mile, maybe a little more. The description on that was pretty accurate. This one, when we finally got to it, it did require a bit of bushwhacking to get back to the cache location. When we got there, what we found was a downed tree trunk that was wedged between a V of another tree and you had to climb up that surface to get to the cache which was a birdhouse and the lower half of the birdhouse had a flap that you lifted up and found the cache container that was a small 
Tupperware cache. Now, this was actually pretty fun. My son actually really enjoyed doing it too. He climbed on it with me. Uh, my husband kind of stood there and spotted us both. It wasn't bad of a climb for us. The one thing that was kind of concerning was that it was a little damp and the surface of the log was kind of slippery, kind of slick. Um, if it had been recently raining, this would have been pretty dangerous to try to climb, but as it was, it was okay for us. It, it was a lot of fun. Kind of had to crouch, climb to get up it safely, and then we kind of used the tree trunk as a slide. There really wasn't any bark left on it at this point. We just kind of slid down it like a slide. Uh, my son actually really loved doing this one. He thought it was really cool. It was quite the adventure. I have some pictures on the show notes on the website if you guys want to take a look at the tree that we had to, the log that we had to climb up and the birdhouse cache. This was actually the highest DT combo, the 3-4 combo that I had done. The difficulty 4s I had done previously were only uh, terrain rating 1.5 or 2. So this 3-4 was actually my highest DT combo that I have done so far. Um, I'd love to hear what your guys' highest DT combo is. Do you have any 3-4s or 4 threes or four fours or five anythings. Have you completed the Fizzy Grid Challenge? I'd love to hear what you guys have been up to and what you have completed. Uh, send me an email at geocache.adventures.podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I realize that was a really long email address and sometimes I wish I would have had a little bit more forethought when setting that up from the beginning, but it is what it is. So geocache.adventures.podcast at gmail.com. You can go to the contacts page at geocacheadventures.org. You can reach out to me on Facebook at geocacheadventures or at Instagram at geocache underscore adventures. You've been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. And if you know any other geocachers that may like this podcast, please share it with them. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. Do you have a topic you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have a geocache adventure you would like to share for the cache highlight? Would you like to be a guest on the show? Reach out to me at geocache.adventures.podcast at gmail.com or on the contact page at geocacheadventures.org. You can also check out Geocache Adventures merchandise by visiting the store page at geocacheadventures.org. You can also sign up for the Geocache Adventures newsletter by going to geocacheadventures.org and going to the newsletter page and signing up there. The monthly newsletter will include a list of upcoming podcast episodes as well as behind the episode tidbits and other content as well. Thank you for listening and I hope you've enjoyed the show.